Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson taking you up until 6 p.m. Let's do this here. How about we do this here? Because the text line is popping off right now. A lot of uh, anger <laughs> on the Air Comfort yeah. Solutions text line after David Hicks picks Texas A&M. So all, all, of, uh, all, all of your big takes today, all of your big concerns, maybe you're really concerned, maybe you're not all that concerned at all, whatever, like text line is open this entire segment, 405-651-3439. We'll read as, uh, as many as we can, but give us uh, your in-the-moment thought as David Hicks picks A&M about 30 minutes ago, which it wasn't 30 minutes ago. I had a scheduled right on time to come back from break for the 3.30 announcement, and he announced it like 3.22. It's like the first announcement in recruiting <laughs> history that happened earlier, not later, than the announced dates. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's funny about uh, the timing, no doubt. But, yeah, of course, text line's going to be upset. Totally get it. We're getting all of the, the range of emotions right now. Uh, I'm being told uh, um, the text line, we shouldn't even be talking about national championships because we just – it's just not in our uh just not in our future anymore we need to be okay with that so you know here's the thing i would believe that if we had the 35th ranked recruiting class right now because we weren't dishing out big bags but that's not the case we've got a five-star defensive lineman already committed we've got multiple high-end four-star defensive line committed we have a five-star quarterback we have i mean we have we have kids that could get bags elsewhere so all right yeah that's yeah, well, uh, text line. Jesse says it's going to be difficult to watch an A&M game with Dindy and Hicks on the defensive line together. Uh, 580, I knew he wasn't coming as soon as I seen the look on his parents' face. Like, maybe you watched it a little bit more closely than I did. Like, there's been some people saying, oh, you could see on his parents' face they weren't that happy. Did you actually see that, or is that just some people taking that away from a decision that didn't go their way? Uh, I didn't personally see that. It's it's. I mean, here's the thing: parents are going to be happy for their kid when they when they make this decision. It's just simple as that. I mean, you could the kids could want to go a different place than where their parents want them, but you know, parents are going to be happy for their kids one way or another. This is a big moment for David Hicks. He you know committed A and M, and and they're going to be happy for him. Um, now, obviously, you see some more demonstrative parents. And I have no reason to believe that the Hicks family is ultra demonstrative just by nature. Um, so, no, I'm not buying into that. And, and whether it's their reaction or not, it doesn't matter. It's over, you know. Maybe we don't need a player who lacks the fortitude to look you in the face and say that I'm not coming. Uh, Gunny says, my thoughts go along the lines of expletive, 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 972 area codes. This is in all caps, by the way. Stop freaking out. Act like Sooners. Uh, let's see. Bummer, but we'll be okay. Let's focus on uh, other super talented kids that want to be Sooners. This one's saying that I need to stop getting everyone all pumped up uh, about thinking people are coming to OU. It's my fault. You guys can blame me. That's fine. But, hey, again, like, OU thought that David Hicks was committing today. And I'm not saying that that makes us any less wrong about what we told you during locked in or even last hour but it is to say that from the OU side of things like the consistent message was yeah David Hicks to to OU something when, when happened has, something happened has been links, reported, and I think we all know here's the funny part you can blame us for sure I know plenty in the text line that are blame us for sure but when OU and insiders that talk to David Hicks 
have said, yes, he was committing to OU yesterday. He changed his mind this morning. For people to sit out there and say, well, you guys don't know what you're talking about, clearly. Like, what? Like, <laughs> we try and bring you the information, and this is a lot like, I don't know, I'll call it like a football game. If a team is leading, of course it gives them a better chance to win the game, but other teams can make a run. They can come back from a deficit. Texas A&M was at a deficit this week. Today they might have been at a deficit. Yesterday they definitely were. And then they get out in the lead today. I mean, that it's just the way recruiting goes. Some people don't have the stomach to follow it for sure. But at the yeah. end of the day, 17-year-olds can change their mind, and this is a an absolute situation where a teenager changed his mind. I have seen the shirts they were going to wear if it were OU. I mean, I've seen the designs. Like, it's it was definitely a thing. So, uh, you know, for the for you know OU fans to be excited about it, yes, should have been excited. It happens, and then you know you come from behind, and 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 A and M gets the win. It is what it is. So, I think a lot of rivalries, you know, they happen on the field, obviously. Um, but I think a lot of rivalries, like the uh, the the heat of a rivalry, can sometimes exist on the recruiting front. And I don't know if I ever, I, I do know, I never considered Texas A&M a rival when OU was in the Big 12. And I'm not even so sure that A&M will be a rival once OU officially gets to the SEC. And we're, there's no way we're ever going to be able to prove that David Hicks got paid by A&M, if that indeed happened. We're never gonna, probably going to be able to prove it. But we all do think, at least most of us think, that that's exactly what happened here. OU A&M... After what's happened on the recruiting front, it'll be more of a rivalry or at least closer to a rivalry than it's ever been when these two teams start playing one another. OU fans do not need a reason to hate Jimbo Fisher. OU hasn't played A&M since the 2012 season in the Cotton Bowl, and OU fans cannot stand Jimbo Fisher. Again, I don't know if it'll be a rivalry, Travis, but it'll be the closest thing to a rivalry if it's not when OU and A&M start playing each other in the SEC. And this is the reason well, why, one of them. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily just an OU and A&M thing. I mean, we saw what blew up in the offseason uh, between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Um, you know, Jimbo Fisher is not liked by a lot of people in the country. I mean, that's that's super clear. You hear people, you hear Missouri fans talk about it. You hear LSU fans talk about it. You hear them, you hear them all talk about it. So, uh, you know, for, for OU to develop some type of rivalry with them, I'm afraid we would have to get in line. Um, man, there is a lot of – there's no real middle ground here. It's either this sucks, this is terrible, this is why OU's not going to win a national championship, or, yeah, whatever, this class is still really good. I'd rather not have a kid that makes his decision on money. I am curious, text line, if this at all shakes your confidence in this staff winning a national championship. And I'm not looking for a certain narrative. Like, I'm not wanting you to say that because my confidence is not shaken based on just one kid that they're not going to win a title. I'm just curious, Travis, where OU fans sit today with their overall confidence the way that the past four days have gone. I don't think that you should say yes, but I know that won't stop some on the text line from saying, yes, absolutely, I'm a lot more worried now than I was before. Mm, I I don't necessarily think so. I, again, I keep on going back to the rest of the class. I mean, you have 
you have multiple five stars in the class. You have you, you have others in the class. DJ Hicks absolutely is a game changer. You want him at Oklahoma. He is an instant starter. He's the type of player that is on a national title winning team, in my belief. Absolutely, that it, it is a big loss. Don't get me wrong, um, but again, OU is in a really good spot, um, and we'll close out this class well. I mean already of the highest ranked class uh if we stopped right now the highest rated class uh, as far as points go uh in the in the uh you know modern recruiting era and that's what i think is so funny is like i said if if texas and texas a&m were going for david hicks and he chose texas a&m we'd be having a great time today <laughs> but yeah. because we finished second now ou's got to wrap up the whole program we can't compete for national titles anymore this that and the other um, it's it's just an interesting perspective on how um, certain, you know, certain recruiting timing momentum things can change philosophies on the future of the program so definitely. So A&M getting David Hicks moves their class from 27th overall all the way to the number 18 overall class. OU obviously still sits at number six right behind Notre Dame, right behind Ohio State, right behind Texas at number three. Now, the the storyline was you get David Hicks, man, and you get to Celia Cano, four-star edge, and you close out this class nicely, you can finish with the number two overall class. I think that that's kind of out the window now. With Ohio State maybe getting a five-star edge here, uh, Keon Keeley, it's down to Ohio State and Alabama. I don't think the number two class is still in play for OU, is a number five class still in play for OU as it sits today and the remaining targets that they have that are still on the board? Is that obtainable oh, or is that oh, a stretch? I, I absolutely think it is. You still have targets out there, obviously, uh, to Celia Kana, Kaden McDonald. Um, you talk about Ryan Yates and Peyton Bowen. Even if we don't get um, those two or only get one of those, then you will still go after some other safeties. So just from a, a numbers perspective, a points perspective, you're going to gain points. And since it's such a log jam there, kind of in that, you know, two to six, three to six window right now, uh, yes, I, I certainly think that's attainable because, again, you've got, you've got a lot more that's coming down the pipeline on the defensive side of the ball that you're just simply going to take. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to have – this is a situation where it's just icing on the cake to get another wide receiver or something like that. Um, but it's we are taking safeties, so we will get safeties. And whether that's Peyton Bowen or Ryan Yates or somebody else, we are taking them. <laughs> Text line, if we have fans that think we can't win because of one recruit, they need to find another sport to follow, maybe pickleball. Uh, this one says, hell no, natty in three years. BV ends the Bama domination, and OU takes their spot as the dominant program in college football. That's from Greg and Lawton. Um, can't win natties without elite guys in the trenches. This one says, I'm not worried about some unproven 17-year-old. I'm more worried about what sunshine pumpers you guys are. We will know not to listen to you next time you're hyperventilating about some recruit. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> we were wrong on this one. Uh, so was everyone else in the recruiting world, by the way. Um and, and, hey, for as wrong as we were about this one, we actually did hit on some other ones, Travis Davidson. But if you guys want to take your anger out today on us two, I will allow it to happen today. I, everyone is upset today. It was a shock. 
But if you would like to take your anger out on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, well, days like this, that's what it's for. Well, it's all good. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, fire away for sure. But, but yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, to, to the point about, you know, you win with elite trench play. Uh, absolutely. You know, you got guys coming in like Caden Green on the offensive line. And then you got, again, P.J. Adabari, five-star uh, defensive, you know, edge rusher, defensive lineman, defensive end. Uh, I mean, you've got Derek LeBlanc, who is a highly, highly rated four-star guy. I mean, you can still be elite without having David Hicks. But don't get me wrong. David Hicks would have been a fantastic pickup. He is an elite player, there's no doubt. But you look, you have to look as far as Clemson teams of the past to see that like th- this, this recruiting class right now would have been the highest-ranked Clemson class of any of those of either of those two national titles leading up to that so when you look at how that works and that's why I don't necessarily uh you know prescribe to the well you can't win in today's um you know today's landscape with missing out on guys like DJ Hicks or without being you know having five stars absolutely all over the trenches does it make it harder absolutely absolutely um but you can still do it, and like I said, we have evidence just a few years ago uh, with a Brent Venables-led defense uh, on a Clemson team. So it can happen, but, you know, it is what it is. It, it, it's not going to happen with David Hicks. We, uh, we've gotten over 200 texts just this segment alone. 405-651-3439. There is a football game on Saturday, a potential get-right game for OU. But if I'm reading the room right – I've got a feeling that you guys still want to talk about this. We won't spend the whole day doom and gloom on David Hicks. We will get to the big uh, football game that OU has coming up on Saturday against TCU. It's a big setback. There is no other way to say it. Oh, you really want David Hicks? It's a surprise that he picked A&M today. There's no doubt. But, oh, you got to get right game on Saturday. Again, against TCU. Sooners are listed as six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, talking more college football next. You know what we do. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. for the homeless Sooner fans. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealer bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. I don't even have to tell you guys the number of the Air Cover Solutions text line. Most of you have it saved in your phone. You clearly and know you're it. you're killing it right now. <laughs> Man, got it on like a speed dial, whatever. So I asked you in the first segment of the 3 o'clock hour, I said, Hey, Travis, could you get on board with the point that – TCU's not the best team that you're going to face this year, but it's the most important game because it's the first game after your first loss and the way you lost all that. And you said, sure, yeah, I could see that point. It's the first game after your first loss. Well, magnify that even now. Like, this program needs a win on Saturday after what just happened today and what happened the, this past Saturday. God, this right. fan base needs a, needs a win. Yeah, and that's so wild to say, right? It's it's. It's the first loss of the Venables era, and and I think part of it is we got so high after the hiring of Brent Venables. I mean, so many seventy five thousand at the spring game. You know, the loud roars of the defend uh, defend the standard. Uh, you know, pregame video, um, just the wild numbers you see all across, whether it's social media, whether it's radio, whether it's anything like that. So, I think we all knew that. You know, with the winds being that big, that first loss was going to come down crashing hard, and, and and everybody took it really roughly, and 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 yeah, because there was a lot of excitement around the program, and there was a lot of new in the program, um, but I think we got 
you know, brought back down to reality a little bit. Um, but this team has to, you know, go out and prove on the road. Maybe a good thing they're on the road. Um, gets to go out and prove kind of that us against the world that we, we felt against Nebraska. They can go prove it against TCU. Text line, losing to Kansas State's people dogging his quarterback and now being swerved by David Hicks all within a week. Brent Venables might try and make an example out of TCU this weekend. Well, you're going to have to play a lot better than you did on Saturday to try and make a, an example out of TCU this weekend. But this is, uh, for the hundredth time, this is tough news today. And I believe that recruiting momentum is a real thing. And now with David Hicks not picking OU, OU's going to get shut out with commits in the month of September. Um, this does have to make you ask the question now, how does this or does this affect you with five-star safety Peyton Bowen, who's a current Notre Dame commit, but we've been hearing forever that he's close to flipping to either OU or an A&M, or to Celia Kana, who's a top 100 player, four-star edge out of the state of Utah. Maybe it has no impact whatsoever, and OU gets both of those guys. But if recruiting momentum is a real thing here, you, you get a lot more nervous, especially about a guy uh, like Akana and Bowen. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly could affect it as far as recruiting momentum goes. But I think Bowen and Oklahoma um, have been a thing for so long. I mean, how many times have, have we mentioned his name just on, on air and how, how often you and uh, and Parker had mentioned his name? He, they'd mentioned his name so much that you guys weren't mentioning it to Parker because, you know, you'd almost go into a manic episode about it. So I, I think if it's a situation where these this program knows – the coaching staff knows Peyton Bowen well enough. Uh, you know, those roots seem to be pretty solid. Um, but this this tells me more that A&M is willing to, you know, get out get out the bags to say, hey, le- last minute, we're still not out of it. So no matter how good we feel about maybe Peyton Bowen going down the, um, going down the road, you always have to, uh, you know, keep that head on a swivel. There's no doubt about it. We are getting some questions of, did the loss to Kansas State affect the David I just Hicks don't think so. recruitment? I really don't I, think I, so. I don't think so because he just went to a team that lost to Appalachian State. And the difference is that Jimbo Fisher's been there for years, and they're still losing to Appalachian State, whereas Brent Venables is in his first year, and he just had his first loss. Like, So I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, well, losing to K-State um, – you know, it, from what we're hearing about this commitment, I don't think the loss to K-State had anything to do with it, like I said, specifically based on where he went. Yeah, I, I, I just – I refuse to believe – like, I think it's – I think it's kind of obvious what was the, the the decision maker here. Now, I'm not it, – it is legal, I guess. I mean, NIL is legal right now. So, right. you can't, like, totally hate it, I guess. A&M wants to play that game, and OU does not. But that's – that's what it came down to here. Like, if you're flipping a kid the night before or even the morning of and he's not telling the staff at OU, I, I would say a very high number that it, it was very – it was NIL-driven. And, of course, it's going to be NIL-driven because Jimbo can deny it all he wants, but we all know that A&M goes heavy in on it. Again, I, that's their right. They can do that. I mean, technically, it is legal, but that's, that's what happened here, not losing to Kansas State. Yeah, and this isn't a situation where we got trolled or, or, or uh, you know, um, fed, fed a line for all this time. I mean, it's this has been widely reported by people that know Hicks, know the Hicks family, uh, know OU staff that um, 
you know, interacted with them that this definitely was this was an OU commit. This was an OU commit. This he had moved it up to commit to OU. All this kind of stuff. But uh, you know, is what it is. Um, I don't think it changes much about our upcoming game against TCU. Um, you know, I think uh, you know a lot of those players. A lot of current players don't pay attention to recruiting unless they have some tie to the kid or something like that. So I don't think I don't think this is a situation where you know the entirety of the you know the roster was you know crowded around ESPN two to see if we were going to get a kid. Um, well, so yeah. Well, OU offer big NIL. Do we need to play the NIL game in today's new recruiting world? I can assure you of one thing. Losing out on David Hicks isn't going to make OU all of a sudden say, all right, change our opinion. We've got to go in all in on NIL, like A&M, like Texas, like Oregon, like Tennessee and some others. Not with this staff. They're not going to change their philosophy based on one kid. I, I assure you of that. Now, you can agree or disagree with the way that they're going about recruiting. That's fine. I mean, again, it has gotten them the number six overall class. Um higher than what they've had previously for the most part, but OU's not at any point, I think, ever going to be a major NIL program with Britt Venables as the head coach. No, I, I totally agree with that. That's his whole philosophy. He's not going to change that philosophy, again, just because of David Hicks. And we currently have really some of the big NIL you know, initiatives now are A&M, uh, Tennessee, Louisville, you've seen uh, with their five stars. But, you know, we're ranked higher than all those schools, <laughs> for one. Um, but I, I keep going back to the quote, you know, you can't wake up at 5 a.m. and do road work in, if you slept in silk pajamas. We have no the, – the, the reality is this. We have zero proof that buying a recruiting class – directly translates to wins on the field we have we have no proof of that i'm i can't imagine what it does for culture um you know you see you see the a&m culture on twitter every once in a while they got you know dudes getting arrested or dudes speeding through uh um you know speeding through parking garages going tokyo drift on uh, on instagram live and all that um you know that's the thing there are so many so many more things that go into um into winning than just talent. We've seen Texas. I mean, the the decade of suck when you know we compare them to the Nebraska program and all their recruiting wins. Man, they won five games last year. Man, like so, uh, it's it's not it's not an end all be all. It it is a bummer to miss out on David Hicks, but uh, I don't think that this recruitment alone changes our philosophy going forward. And again, they do have a football game on uh, Saturday that at some point we'll get to. Um, and as we do that here. This does seem like Eric Gray's backfield at this point after the first two games, right? Heck or yeah, after the last does. two games, I should say. He's uh, He is uh, at least the past two games starting to make some plays that I think people have been waiting on. Like he had a he had a catch last weekend. It was kind of just a dump down, and he broke two tackles, and it was like, okay, yeah, all right, Eric Gray, all right. yeah, That's what we've been waiting on to see. That's what we thought that we were going to get coming out of Tennessee. So maybe just – Maybe, and maybe we'll see it on Saturday, you're about to see the best version of Eric Gray and a, a guy that you've been waiting on to play like this for, for over a year now. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing extremely well. Um, and it's it really comes down to yards per carry for me is huge. And I think he's got se- he had 7.1 yards per carry 
Um, I think he's only behind in rushing yards um, to Bijan and to Deuce Vaughn when it comes to the Big 12, um, but he's got more uh, rushing yards per carry in that. And he really outpaced Deuce Vaughn uh, in the Kansas State game. I know I know, we all remember Deuce slashing up uh, our defense, but you know he only outgained Eric Gray by two yards but needed nine more carries to do it. Um, Eric Gray, I think, he, he gives you it out of the backfield as well. Uh, he's second among running backs uh, in receiving yards in the Big 12. Uh, if you do minimum 10 receptions. So he's giving you a little bit of everything, and he's running with a lot more patience now. And I I think still you have that one-two punch in in Marcus Major, and then obviously Javante Barnes getting some time. But Eric Gray has really ran well this year, and uh, we're seeing him uh, break some tackles even, too. He's not just making people miss. Yeah, well, if you're going to go down this weekend, and I don't think OU is going to go down this weekend to TCU, um, I would like Marvin Mims to have at least uh, more than four touches this weekend. And I, I, I did notice that they were really – they had a really um, – they had an effort early on in the game to get the ball to Jaleel Farouk in the open field. They were kind of force-feeding him, which I don't necessarily hate, but Marvin Mims is the best player you have on offense. He might be the best player that you have on your entire team. They've got to make him – He's got to get the ball more than he did against Kansas State. I think that goes without saying. I think that he probably will because Levy knows that he's his best player, but you got to go out getting getting the ball to 17 as many times as possible. Yeah, and it, I mean, we've been saying that for a while now. I mean, Marvin Mims was it was going to leave this team likely if, um, you know, Venable or if uh, Lincoln Riley stuck around, but now that you've got him, get him the ball. We've seen him in the return game. Uh, we need to, you know, need to get him the ball in every way that you can because even on his ones that he gets stopped, man, he feels like it's a shoelace away um, from being a big uh, pickup. But, uh, yeah, get the ball, feed the studs, feed the studs. And the studs right now, Marvin Mims, and then, of course, Eric Gray's on there too. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, you guys are killing it right now. Hey, help us out today. We are uh, trying to donate 2,500 diapers for the Center for Children and Families today. So I'm at Mitchell's Jewelry in Norman until 6 p.m. Come by here like uh, a few ref listeners have already. Uh, really what we're looking for, diaper size 5 and 6, um, unscented diaper wipes, and pull-up size 2T to 3T, 3T to 4T, and 4T to 5T. If you're not in the uh, Norman Moore OKC area, that's cool. Uh, you can do uh, monetary donations online, ccfinorman.org, ccfinorman.org, backslash donate, and then comment baby pantry slash diapers there. All right, more to come right here on The Rush. Keep it locked in The Ref. We're the homeless Suter fans. It is The Rush right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Suter fans. Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Keep the text coming, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 24-7 sports. Couple of their riders. One has OU 38, TCU 34. The other has OU 38, TCU 31. So both of them have OU winning on Saturday. Uh, one has OU covering. The other one does not have OU covering. And in my early week feel yesterday, I put it at OU 34, TCU 27. Just the slightest of uh, covers this weekend for OU. And as we talked about. God, you need a good performance this week. Like even a, even a performance that you win, but you play like junk again defensively. I don't think that will do. With the mood that everyone's in right now, 
you you got to play well on Saturday to get people in the right mindset going into OU Texas week. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And Teddy touched on this early when he talked about, you know, what does the team need to look like? Uh, you know, what's a good result for you? Um, you know, Venables coming in. It's very much about how you look, how you play. It's not necessarily always the scoreboard. I, I want to see penalties cleaned up. Uh, that showed me kind of the discipline has taken uh, a step forward uh, in that aspect. Well, you know, you want to see better angles taken. You want to see better tackling, all, all, all that for sure. I definitely want to see more pressure from uh, the defensive front. You know, this is a team that was leading the country in tackles for loss. I believe we only got four with zero sacks against Kansas State. Uh, now, I believe uh, I believe that number, those both those numbers will be higher against TCU. But, yeah, you definitely want to look the part against uh, against the Horned Frogs. Well, and it, it goes back to what I wanted to see last week, is not make an average to slightly above average quarterback have the game of his life. And I, I know by the numbers so far this year, that Max Duggan is a little bit better than above average. He's actually elite. He's like number one in some categories. But, again, let's consider the opponents, right? Colorado, um, and then he played SMU last week, and then Tarleton State in week two. So I'm not ready to crown Max Duggan just yet. But his past two games, he's actually played well against OU. Last year, Travis, and I didn't realize it until I looked at it today, Max Duggan was 20-30 for 346 yards, four touchdowns, no picks against OU. In 2020, he was 25 of 35 for 276, one touchdown and zero interceptions. So he's been pretty good the past couple times that you faced him. But obviously that was against defenses that weren't all that great. This defense, I mean, if they're for real, I think you got to make Max Duggan look like what he is. He's going to make a few plays, but you can't let him consistently make plays on you with his arm. I just don't think that he's that level, that caliber of player. Right, and we've spoke about uh, kind of the uh... – you know how we haven't heard the corners' names all that much. How we've we've kept plays in front of us for the most part. You think about Billy Bowman. There's a guy who's been making a ton of tackles. Um, you know he's he's basically in the hip pocket of that defender, keeping everything in front of them. Uh, it's just going to be something you want to limit with Max Duggan. You just don't, you just want to limit those explosive plays again. Keep everything in front of you, and I don't know, make him take some chances. Maybe make him pay for it um, with a turnover or two. That'd be nice. Where's OU's biggest edge in this game? Passing game against their secondary, potentially. Um, I, I think if anywhere, your biggest edge is probably your offense against their defense, whatever, however you want to look at that, because this is just not its not the best defense that you're going to see this year, at least I don't think. Right, right. You just have to pick which facet you want to talk about, right? I mean, is this a, you know, you talk about get-right games. Is this a game where Dylan comes out slinging and is like, hey, you know what, I've I heard all the uh, I heard all the talk, and uh, you know is is dropping dimes all over the TCU secondary, um, or is this a situation where they're like, look, Eric Gray has been extremely productive. Uh, let's get him, and maybe what if you see you know Dylan Gabriel, old Sweet Feet himself, run the ball because we we've seen success now two games in a row with him getting some big runs to uh, you know pick up some some chunk yardage, and that really kind of uh, puts some life into the offense. So I'll be curious to see if they start calling his number a couple more times per game because through the last two games it's been successful. Does everyone realize who the uh, OC is for TCU, by the way? Anyone know off the top of their head? 
He is related to the former head coach, Garrett Riley. Did, did you put together that we're going to see Lincoln's brother on Saturday? Well, I'm not going to see Lincoln's brother, but the people that at, at the game will be. I'll <laughs> see him. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know it, if the uh, OU fan – he'll probably be up in the box somewhere. I actually don't know if Garrett Riley is on the field or up in the box. But uh, I wonder if uh, an OU fan catches sight of Garrett Riley, uh, what they might say to the old guy once they see him. Might uh, might give him a, a word of advice to his brother. Who knows? Please record it if you're one of those fans that decide yeah. to do this. Yeah, but I don't know. you got to be careful, though, because there was an OU fan that got caught, um, you know, saying – you know, Lincoln's not here anymore, uh, and ended up yeah, on a K State hype video. So you gotta be careful, man. If you if you're gonna take those risks, you better be ready to uh live for eternity um on the opponent's hype video if things go wrong. I'm Debbie Downer after this crap, says someone in the four oh five. Uh another from the four oh five. Every quarterback has a career game against OU. So just those two texts right now. Uh, tell us, good job on those crystal balls is on there. Uh, Santa John says, I'm really tired of uh, having our recruit stolen at the very last second. If you're wondering how OU fans are feeling right now, those four texts will pretty much sum it up. Right, right. It's not exactly. good. Exactly. You know, it's, it, that, that, that's, a rough, that's a rough string of texts. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, that's the thing. It's, it, that's how recruiting goes, unfortunately. Um, you know, we... We stole Anthony Evans back from Georgia. You know, we, we stole Colton Vosick right out of the nose of, uh, um, you know, Oregon and Clemson were the, were the top two in his recruitment at, right out of Austin. So, um, you know, crystal balls in general are a lot, uh, um, a lot more accurate than, than some people are, are letting them be on this. But you know what? They were wrong. Last minute flip is what it is. But, we got a game against TCU. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's going to be a big conversation in the locker room, nor should it be um, about anything involving recruiting. But now yeah, there, there think, will be zero conversation about David Hicks uh, with the yeah yeah. There's there yeah no absolutely exactly not. exactly. So uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think we see from the offense this week? Do you think they do you think they try and pound the ball? I know uh, other you know we've been trying to establish the run early. Um, even, you know, defenses have made notes of this in post-game interviews. We know they're going to try to establish the run early. And then that, I mean, part of me wants them to just come up throwing and, and, and stay aggressive and get the ball to Mims, get the ball to Drake and, and, and feed those guys early because, you know, the last thing you want to be is predictable. And everybody says, you know, got to, got to establish the run, establish the run. If you look on like the, you know, so-and-so's keys to the game that they do on every broadcast, Almost every one of them has somebody saying, "Establish the run early. Establish the run early." I don't know. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you pop up and start throwing a bit early? I, I think I'd like that. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on you know kind of what TCU shows you early on. But what what have you done really well offensively up to this point? Well, at times you've been able to run the ball, and I think even at times in the third quarter against Kansas State, they're able to do that. And I think that you're going to see an offense that wants to come out like they are trying to establish an identity as a run-first offense. It's what they're trying to do. So I think that you're going to see an offense that is going to look run-first on Saturday mixed in with a lot of deep chances down the field. Because that's where, you know, with all of the faults that some think that Dylan Gabriel might have, the one thing you cannot argue is how well he throws the deep ball. So they're going to take their chances down the field against these TCU corners and safeties. 
They're going to take their chances with Marvin Mims. They're going to take it with Jalil Farouk. I expect this offense to throw the ball down the field off that run game quite a bit. And they've had a ton of success when they throw the ball down the field. And i got to guess that that's probably uh, the case again on Saturday. All right, we got to hit a timeout here. Uh, it is the ref. We are the rush. Tyler McComas alongside Travis Davidson. Keep it locked right here on the Homeless Sooner fans. More college football on the other side. Oh, boy. Uh, as you can imagine, the text line is still very hot. An hour and a half removed from David Hicks picking Texas A&M. This one from the 405 says, last minute flip. He made his mind up three days ago. Yesterday and all day today, we were made to believe it was a done deal for OU. Tired of the propaganda. How do you know his mind was made up three days ago? So he t- he told he told a reporter, David Hicks told a reporter that he made his mind up three days ago, even though um, it's been reported wildly that uh, it was even his family has said that it, OU still led last night and led this morning, and then you know informed the staff. We're hearing 30 minutes before he made the flip. Some are saying 12 minutes before he made the flip. I was told by somebody on the staff that he was going to be choosing A&M 12 minutes before the announcement. So um, that's the thing. It it was it was definitely a shock, but absolutely he even if he made his mind up three years ago, he had not told Oklahoma. He had not told his family. No, like I mean, you could I guess technically I could you could say that you made your mind up whenever um, you just didn't tell anybody. Uh, but but no, there was. There, it was definitely a last-minute flip. This isn't propaganda. <laughs> last week, we were penalty first. Cut the mental mistakes would help. We could actually pay some of those drives <laughs> off. That's a great point. That's a great and when we talk about, Yeah, uh, when we talk about um, best-case scenario for Saturday, you cannot have an offensive line that plays as sloppy as, as they did last week, and especially when you have the momentum because – Man, I mean, you, you kind of snatched the momentum away from yourself with some of those five-yard procedure penalties. That's got to be better this week. And, again, I'm guessing that it will be, but you've got to play a lot cleaner. Not only do you have to play better on the offensive line, you got to play cleaner as well. I think if you just play cleaner, that's all that you need. I mean, if you just eliminate those penalties, I mean, those were killers. If you just eliminate those penalties, then I think we're having a completely different conversation. I mean, we ran the ball effectively. The 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 problems that we're talking about on the offense has to do with the accuracy of Dylan Gabriel on a couple throws or on more than a couple throws. I will be I'll be fair, um, but that doesn't have to do with the protection. I think the offensive line, um, you know, played well enough, played clean enough. If they just don't have those penalties, and I think if you, I think if you clean up that part, then you know everything else falls into place. Uh, let's see, how many recruits are we going to lose now due to missing out on Hicks? Zero, zero. Let's not go too crazy here. Zero, um, zero. I, I'm done. I'm done following recruiting until they wear that crimson. I don't care, Boomer. There's a lot of upset. This is the most upset I've seen. OU fans at recruiting since, I don't even know if the Jace McClellan going to Alabama or, oh God, who am I blanking on? The other five-star running back that picked Alabama over OU and picked SMU this offseason. Kamar Wheaton is who I'm thinking of. It's yeah. been a long, like, I'm telling you, man, 
Like, we're going to be talking about this one for, like, the next 10 to 15 years. Not, like, in everyday conversations, but when we talk about recruiting heartbreaks, like, David Hicks is going to be, unfortunately, well, I, at the top of that list. You know, to Parker's point, you know, a lot of that is, um, you know, biased towards how he plays. If David Hicks never gets on the field at A&M, and David Hicks, you know, ends up, you know, not get going undrafted or something like that, then I don't think there's a single one of us that's going to say, oh, man, we really missed out, you know, because there's such bias in it. These are still, you know, they're still recruits, right? I mean, this is not this is not picking up Vaughn Miller, you know, at the at his NFL abilities in free agency. This is this just isn't what's – that's not what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, OU still has the uh, number six overall class, but can they get to the number two overall class like we thought? Yeah, that's going to be – that's kind of a stretch now. You, you've still got some top 100 players on the board that you're after, but, yeah, losing David Hicks, that, that hurts, and you're going to have to win kind of all of those recruiting battles down the stretch to uh, stay at a top five class. Final hour of the rush is next. Keep it locked on the ref.